you don't have the option of passing off the catechizing of your kids to a screen. Mm-hmm. I, I think that is 100% a takeaway we need to have. Here we go! Impress them on your children. Impress them on your children. Impress them on your children. Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast a podcast for parents, as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz and Pastor Tony Trussoni. All right, Tony, we are back at it. You've got your fancy French press there. It looks like you may be slowly descending the little mesh screen is that what you're doing i am yeah and it, it pushes harder because i'm you're not really supposed to use pre-ground coffee because it's too co- it's uh too coarse and uh the so yeah so it's a little bit of work there so working hard for jesus <laughs> <laughs> did you ever go through your bag of the the coffee you didn't like from ll bean I'm still working on it. It's I mostly I mostly uh, I work about sixty percent of my hours from home, and so most of my coffee I drink at home now. So, so I'm trying to work through this stuff. So, as you see, okay, listeners can probably well, hear that. <laughs> man, so Tony, you probably at this time of year would not want to drink a piping hot cup of coffee out in the middle of Disney World, would you? Have you ever been to Florida in this time of the year? I I have not, but I've been to New Orleans in August, so I imagine it's comparable. So, uh, and I, I've I think it was a little later in June when I went, but it was still it was pretty toasty, humidity, that kind of thing. But several weeks ago, Disney and the Florida State Legislature made lots of news with the so-called "Don't Say Gay" bill, and uh, I'm not going to be giving any commentary on that, Tony. I'll I'll leave that to you. <laughs> Thanks. But uh, many, many hours of print and video media have followed about Disney's approach to business and storytelling. On top of that, people – I haven't really checked, but I'm assuming people just lost their minds on social media. Maybe some people went into cardiac arrest, and maybe some people's heads exploded. I'm not sure, but I think it's possible. But it became very public that Disney – had a not so secret agenda to promote stories and themes that, that positively portrayed elements of the the new sexual revolution. I mean, that's really what it is. That LGBTQ, and I know there's more. And I'm not trying to be dismissive to people who are parts of those groups. I just sincerely cannot keep up. I don't know what the preferred terms are. I think it's expanded quite a bit. But uh, Disney took fire from the right and from the left, interestingly, and so they just were in a a, a no-win situation. But it is good for uh, Christians to consider this from a biblical framework. It's putting our theology to work in real life. So, I mean, let's just get to it, Tony. Is Disney the devil? 100%. That's not where we're going to start. (laughs) (laughs) They both start Uh, with a letter D. They both have ears. You know, <laughs> yeah, Mickey's been hiding his horns behind the big ears. Yeah. Um, so, Tony, did you grow up liking Disney movies, or did you not really watch them? I'd say them not really, with the exception of Toy Story. I loved Toy Story growing up, from what I understand. Uh, but 
I know that I prefer the Fox superhero shows, which it's ironic because Fox is owned by Disney now, with the exception Fox News is not owned by Disney, but Fox is. And, uh, you know, my wife, uh, Danielle, grew up with tons of the Disney VHSs. Like, they've got tons of that at her, their house. And, uh, you know, I'm more into Disney now because M- Disney owns, ironically, the Marvel stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I tend to be, more, I, I probably watch significantly more Disney now than I did when I was, you know, 25, and then 25, 30 years ago. Gotcha. How about you? Yeah, I. I watched some. I, I probably wasn't super into a lot of Disney things. I liked Batman, things like that, but I, I wasn't. I mean, you know, a lot of the the movies that stand out were like princess movies. I mean, there was mm-hmm. The Lion King. I remember that. I I owned the VHS of that, but I wouldn't say I was a Disney kind of kid. Um, now I figured so you were the, a lady a lady in the tramp type guy, right? <laughs> right. No, but I mean, I saw plenty of Disney movies. Um, so how about, you, I mean, your kids, uh, do they watch and enjoy Disney content? Yeah, somewhat. I mean, we have Disney Plus, uh, you know, their streaming service. We've had it for a while, so, you know, it's not that controversial. We bought a year of it well before any of this stuff. And they watch stuff on it that uh, we approve weekly, but, you know, exclu- pretty much exclusively on Disney Plus. It's going to be something that we've, you know, watched beforehand and approve. And so, like, for example, Danielle and I Friday night watched the new, um, the uh, Rescue Rangers, the Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie. And uh, we previewed it the night before, and so then they could watch it that, you know, Saturday, I think, during when I was in an elders meeting. And so it was actually a funny movie. Uh, But, yeah, so on top of that, you know, Zootopia, Frozen, and Tangled are on repeat in our house. Uh, Annoyingly on repeat. Also, uh, what's the new one? The the one with the magic house. There's there's a movie with a magic house. Encanto. They like Encanto a lot. How about you? Guys? Okay, I've heard of it. I've not seen it. I think my kids saw it with my parents, which they they checked with me. Um, so How yeah, my, my kids? kids they have watched some Disney things. Again, we're not just like oh Disney Disney. Um, I, and I know people. When I see them. They they have like logos on their car and things like that. And they just it's like this magical fascination no pun intended with disney but, i mean your house is mostly a monastery though right then <laughs> yeah we don't we don't use electricity and uh <laughs> fancy things like that um no we we just we have watched some things i've got one child who really does not like to sit and watch a whole lot and just never has i have two who would sit there and let their brains just turn to soup watching mm. stuff if allowed and, you know, it's just we joke about it. And, oh, I walk through and I say, I can I can hear it cooking like like French fries. Um, but yeah, so but we're not um, anti Disney. We're just not full on embrace of it. But um, so let me ask you this, Tony, because of all this discussion that's going on. Was Disney safe for our kids until just recently? And then it's like, oh, my goodness, they they changed gears. You know, at times it was. I mean, you know, I I think it's going to depend on the product and who wrote the product. But, you know, there is stuff, actually some of the earliest stuff, honestly, I would would probably reject that over some of the newer stuff. I mean, the stuff in Walt Disney's lifetime specifically was sometimes shockingly racist. And, uh, and, you know, and I people, I know some people are like snowflake censoring out. But, I mean, it was some of the black and white stuff 
was over-the-top, unbelievably white supremacy-type offensive. And uh, and even some of the, I mean, you'll see, I mean, Peter Pan, there was elements of that and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I, I also think even when we were growing up or, you know, when we were in, like, college, you know, this narcissistic approach to ambition that was seen in things like High School Musical uh, was an epidemic in it. I mean, really, it was really bad and really destructive and, and I mean, d narcissistic is really the best word for it and even you know Disney is always on Disney Channel and I mean Disney Channel has been so famous for you know dis encouraging disrespect of parents that like there's been SNL skits about uh, the school of Disney acting and stuff like that where you, you <laughs> mock your parents and that that was not great was it <laughs> no because I've got a sister who well, I've got two siblings who are considerably younger than me. And so the generation of things they were watching was different, like The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Hannah Montana, some of those kinds of things. And yeah, so it was like the adults are all idiots. Yeah. And, you know, these eight year olds who got it all figured out or mm -hmm. how real they of were course supposed they to be. Do. Um, I think it depends on what the word safe means. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, we want to define our terms here because, yes, there was some of it that was it was fine and fun and this kind of thing. There were other things that, like you said, this narcissism or what some have not called expressive individualism sort of related and just sort of look within and find your truest desires and shoot for the moon and jump over the stars or whatever. Uh, things that it's not – I don't know. It's not out and out just – evil, but it, it does run counter to some things that the Bible teaches us. And so it wasn't like Disney. And I mean, I, I said it like the Christians need to see Disney is not our friend. And this was well before this, this law. Mm -hmm. um, there's, they're not exactly in the corner of conservative Christians. And even, I mean, we're recording this a few days after a very damning report got released uh, by the Southern Baptist Convention. And thankfully, this was something that was called for by people in the pew over against people that were trying to keep this quiet, but um, uh, about related to sexual abuse and cover up and things like that. But back in the 90s, the Southern Baptist Convention was trying to promote some kind of boycott of Disney. Uh, I know someone who was worked within the convention uh and he said there was at the meeting when it came up it was sort of like we're gonna send a message to mickey and i don't know how well it worked um i think disney disney's bottom line did okay <clears throat> and i don't know how many people actually really got behind it but uh yes yeah, safe is a relative term so yeah, Why do you I think do know. I don't know any. I wasn't a Baptist then, but I, I do find it comical because I'm aware of multiple people that have told stories that there was a Southern Baptist convention, I think in Orlando, like a couple years later, and like a bunch of messengers went to Disney World. <laughs> it's predated of social media, so it's not like everybody out there, you know, putting it on Instagram. Um. So why has this most recent brouhaha suddenly turned so many Christians on Disney? And do you think that's well-founded? Yeah, I, I think we have a very right concern about catechizing our kids on these LGBTQ issues. Uh, I mean, I, I have no question that 
and I, I think the don't say gay bill, for example, as it's being called, you know, that's not what the bill is called. I mean, there, there's a lot that, that is supported by a biblical worldview and those kinds of things and rejection of that and, you know, an out and avert desire to promote these as moral. Uh, you know, that should concern us. It's catechizing. I mean, even not ones that ones that they were producing well before this. I mean, it's demonstrated. I, I saw the new Doctor Strange movie, and, you know, there's a character that's, you know, portrayed as the most heroic, and uh, her and she was raised by two women. You know, she had two moms, and, you know, they loved each other, and she's a love is love in Italian uh, badge in her. Unfortunately, that's the only only uh, character they gave characteristics they gave her in this in the movie she was kind of a broad character and uh, <laughs> poorly written maybe but you know it's it's obvious you know it's obvious that they mean something by this they're not they're betraying people a certain way not villainous in that kind of way for a reason and the fact that you know Christians but the fact that at the same time that Christians weren't boycotting the white supremacy in the past for example, but are now, you know, boycotting this stuff is maybe not the best look, you know, and maybe some justification for people calling Christians a bunch of hypocrites. Uh, and, you know, maybe it's truth in that. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that people also have had a mostly wrong perception that kids' movies were previously not teaching worldviews, you know. And, I, and that's kind of what I've heard a lot of people like, you know, Disney movies, they're not going to teach, you know, my kids a worldview. And, and that's. That's just not true. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point to make because everything, and we'll get to this later, but every piece of art, every song, every book, every movie or whatever, it, it is portraying something about the world. And so it's for us to evaluate whether that's true and good or not. Mm-hmm. But it, it does make me want to ask, you know, where have you been yeah. before? Yeah. <laughs> um, it just wasn't as overt as lesbians kissing in the background or two guys or whatever it may be where they're trying to bring it closer to the, the foreground. But yes, there were still things that it, it just didn't take a whole lot of discernment. I don't think to, to notice some of those kind of things, but it was just uh, warm and fuzzy and family friendly. And, and it hit notes that the culture itself was already sounding. And I, yep. I think maybe there's some chicken and egg thing there. One influenced the other. It probably went both ways because Disney does have a lot of cultural power, but they're not the only thing that shapes culture. But people were just absorbing, even Christians just absorbing those things in the culture and increasingly not very biblically informed. And so it's not always striking like, oh, wait a minute, that's not measuring up to Scripture because they don't even know it doesn't measure up to Scripture because they don't know Scripture as well. They're not as formed by it. They're more formed by the cultural narratives. Yeah. Well, I think an interesting example, too, of these kinds of things was, yeah, I remember there was there was a Disney movie that came out when we were in college. Have you ever seen Enchanted? Mm. It was kind of like a cartoon characters come into real world type deal, but it was like maybe a, it's like a half animated, half uh, in person Disney princess movie. And you know, and at the end, you know, I'm going to spoil a movie that's like 15 years old. So, but the uh, you know, in the end of the movie, I mean, it's clear that like the main characters, the love interest, they're uh, pretty overtly living together and not you know not decided about marriage yet. I mean. It's 
not hard to figure out what what they're implying and you know and i i don't remember i mean they were not a gay couple they were a straight couple but clearly living in a sinful lifestyle outside of marriage and uh, i don't remember any hullabaloo that christians had over that hmm. yeah it seems like in a lot of ways we've kind of had our heads buried in the sand and just sort of pop on a movie and well they're not saying cuss yeah. words and <laughs> people are not having sex on screen and so it must be fine and I think I sent you this article, but what kind of got me thinking, oh, we should do a discussion about this. I mean, I had some thoughts, but uh, Trevin Wax, he's a sharp thinker, mm-hmm. and theologian, and he's done a lot of things. But um, he wrote something about this very topic, and I think it was him who made a comment to this effect that counting cuss words is not the, the sum total of whether something is good for our kids or not. And uh, I totally agree with what he said there. So – Tony, is Disney still safe for kids or, or the, the term that we like to use family friendly or now is it just time to torpedo that? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to note first and I've talked about this before, but I get a little leery on the term family friendly. I mean, you know, Jesus talked about, you know, carrying your cross and following me, not terribly family-friendly. You know, I mean, the first things people are commanded to teach their children in the Bible is, you know, the events of the Exodus, which not crazy family-friendly. So, you know, I don't know. Johnny, you hold the knife, and I'm going to slaughter the lamb. (laughs) But I I think in the way that people think of it, I, I think that some of it still is. And again, I mean, I think of, you know, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers as like a brand new Disney, you know, a Disney movie. And and I think that there was, you know, I don't know that it's like promoting positive worldview, but it's fine. You know, it's fine. You know, <laughs> it's fine garbage, if you will. Uh, and, uh, you know, and... And there is, like, I think Zootopia uh, made some profound statements about race at times. And, and that was a Disney film. And I think that that can provoke really helpful discussion. So some of it can be. Some of it not so much. Uh, you know, I, some of it actually can be, I think, significantly more damaging than maybe stuff that was in the past. I think of, I mean, we made the foolish, foolish mistake, in part because I listened to somebody else, of uh, watching Turning Red with the kids before we watched it. And, and I think Turning Red, it, and that's actually not because of LGBTQ stuff, but I mean, some of the most undermining of a biblical worldview, especially on sexuality and puberty and stuff like that, that you can see in a film, period. But, mm. Yeah, I remember hearing you talk about that. Yeah, and I just don't keep up with current movies of any kind, let Disney, I, I'm not... I'm not discriminating. I'm just, just yeah. don't. Um, I mean, one, because I, I really feel like when I go to the movies at this point, I might as well just stick my head through that little window and let them gouge me in the eye repeatedly because the ticket prices are so high. Um, <clears throat> and then if you take a family, then it's really, really like that. But, um, you know, we all make mm-hmm. our choices on what we're willing to spend many, money on. Um, we rarely think, take yeah, the kids to the theaters. We mostly watch it on, you know, Disney Plus or whatever. So. Yeah, and again, it's people are going to make different choices and that kind of thing. Um, but some of the content maybe is good, and, and some is not. And it doesn't rule out there's things in the past that are worth watching, that can be entertaining, or even uh, have some good discussion points. And that's with you know every company, every producer of media, whether it's video or music or books. You know, it's not it's not all or nothing. 
Yeah. In my opinion. So would your opinions change if they did buy Batman? Cause they're buying everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Probably. It probably not going to shift me a whole lot. I haven't <laughs> seen the new one. I, I, I'm interested in seeing it, but have you seen it? Yeah, it's good. I liked it a lot. Okay. Uh, I've talked to a few people that have seen it, but like I said, I, I just, I don't do the movie. Plus it's been a very, since April, been a pretty full season of life. So I get it. Um, so Tony, how should Christians respond wisely to these public developments at Disney and how we interact with them? Yeah, I think in general, one extremely important thing to understand with this kind of stuff is, you know, lost people do what lost people do. And we should expect that. Mm-hmm. I think that we have dramatically missed that. We, you know, we have... Uh, it, it's funny, because I, I think sometimes, you know, and, you know, don't don't misinterpret me here, but I feel like there's almost a harsher criticism uh, out of the worldview promoted, you know, in a Disney kids film than there would be assessment of what a children's ministry at church among those who, you know, are sp- are supposed to be guided by the Spirit and the Word are, you know, teaching. And that's, I think, a shame. I mean, the Bible is very clear, you know, basically out of the lostness of their heart, you know, they'll be lost to kind of paraphrase parts of scripture. And, and even First Corinthians, I think, gives us a picture of that. So I, I think in general, we should limit media intake of what we can't talk to our kids about or what we can't preview. You know, and so like that might mean, you know, having to repeat a lot of stuff, you know, and I know that's a problem. I know it drives parents crazy, but, you know, maybe it is better that they watch, you know, Tangled 300 times uh, rather than, you know, them watching a bunch of things that you can't really know much about. Uh, but, uh, you know, talk to our kids about the issues as well, I think is really, really key. I think essential because we can't we can't block this from them in every way. I mean, most mm. people aren't bothered by this in the world, you know, and so they're going to be, I mean, my kids discuss turning red in school, for example. Hmm. Okay. How about you, Ben? One thing that comes to mind is don't go crazy talking about it on social media one way or the other. I think just have, if you want to try to have real conversations with real people that you know, mm-hmm. and ideally in person, <laughs> There's just things you lose over the digital format, and it just tends towards unhelpful things. But just to think about your media viewing habits in general and what they do to you, what they do to your kids. It's not just activities that you do. Those things do things back to you. They condition you in certain Mm -hmm. ways. And so I think it just – it introduces bigger questions that we need to think about, not just about Disney. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe some Christians, people, you know, or people that are more socially conservative feel like Disney kind of pulled the rug out from under them. Like, oh, we thought we could rely on this. And I remember having, this was years ago, having a conversation with someone about media stuff, and I expressed some concern about, I don't even know what it was, and they said, well, then what are you supposed to watch? <laughs> And my, I mean, my initial thought, I didn't say this, was what, that assumes that you have to watch something. Yeah. Now, again, I do watch things. I don't watch a ton, but, and we allow our kids to watch things, not a ton, but there's just this, you know, it's just the air that we breathe in our culture that you need to be entertained, you mm-hmm. know, hours and hours each day, each week. And so I think just we need to step back and look at the bigger picture, not just about Disney. So, Tony, do you think that 
Christians should reconsider their financial participation in Disney's evil empire. Um, we can get the, the fader music playing right here since they, you know, they own that as well. So. <laughs> they do. You know, maybe if we play it, they'll own us. <laughs> I'm, I hear they pay the Avengers actors pretty well. Maybe Disney own us, please. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Disney execs. If you're listening down there. Yeah. You know, I, um, the, I, I haven't cut, you know, the, severed my financial participation in them in part because I'm not even sure that, you know, everything that is done in the banner of Christianity is praiseworthy. Uh, for example, you know, I, I know like kind of the Christian alternative sometimes for that could be things like right now media or pure flicks, uh, stronger opinions on the latter probably. Uh, but I'm not sure that everything on those are praiseworthy. You know, I think even yeah, probably sometimes they do some diligence and monitoring things, but I think in children and youth, you know, some dangerous teachings can get by in that kind of stuff as well. So, you know, I, maybe I'm just going to be, if I'm going to watch media, maybe I'm aware of that. It's not always going to be something that I would have made because I can't make media like that. Uh, but if your conscience is convicted, uh, to, t uh, take a stand for yourself. Uh, but at the same time, I, I do think that there needs to be an understanding that that way can lie, that way can lie madness. You know, I mean, just the principle that you know, we don't support a company because of you know, their moral takes and everything. I mean, one, that's kind of what, happened to Chick-fil-A, <laughs> if, if we remember. Uh, but two, I think that if, if we feel that our conscience is dirty in that, then we have to check every every single, you know, can of vegetable soup that we get and see, you know, the moral practices of that company. And that's just, that's unsustainable. And, you know, and mm -hmm. we, we can't accept that we're culpable for the dismoral decisions of everyone that we give money to, if that makes sense. Uh, but, you know, and also I'd add to this, if you do cut that cord, uh, it's important to make sure that you don't judge other people who come to a different conclusion or vice versa. If you don't cut the cord, don't judge people as being weak who do cut the cord. The, yeah, I, I really like that appeal to the conscience there. I remember a few years ago, the CEO of Starbucks made some comments about Christians and their Bible studies at his, you know, their business. And we, we don't want you here kind of thing. And so I knew some Christians, you know, they were boycotting Starbucks and then Target with the bathroom thing and people were going to boycott that. And hey, I mean, if that's what your conscience drives you towards, then you need to, as Luther said, you know, it's not right or safe to go against conscience. Uh, however, I mean, you're talking about the size of Disney's uh, empire and uh, jokingly referred to it as the evil empire. But, you know, they it's ABC, ESPN, Touchstone, Marvel, Lucasfilm, A&E, the History Channel, Lifetime, can't have your crazy psycho killer yeah. movies coming after the woman, uh, Pixar, Hulu, Vice and Core Publishing. And then you said Fox. I, there's I mean, you could just keep going on. And then there's the parks, there's the merchandise, and so it does get rather complicated uh, about where you're p sending your money and, and all that kind of thing. And so I think it's something – it's a consideration. I mean just your money is God's, and so you're, you're thinking what should you do with it that will honor him. But it's not like an automatic, oh yeah, to be faithful equals this. 
it, this is not something that's spelled out in the Bible. Uh, and that goes and, both ways. I mean, it's madness in both directions. I remember actually when we were in Louisville, I remember when there was a protest over the fact that Dan Cathy, the CEO mm-hmm. of Chick-fil-A, had an opinion about homosexuality. And then I remember in the Louisville Courier-Journal, the newspaper, like a local business, a, a local that was advertising, basically, come here, we'll, we'll do a really good chicken sandwich. And, you know, it clarified that it would do really good Tyson chicken. Uh, and, you know, and part of the money that you go will donate towards pro-homosexuality cause. And you basically, none of this is going to go to stop homosexuality. Well, you know, Tyson chicken was donating to all like almost the exact same things as Chick-fil-A was. And it, but at, this, at a point, I mean, you can't, I mean, you can't check the worldview of every business that you step foot in. Uh, yeah, it gets very, very, I mean, things are so interconnected. Um, it's, it's very challenging, but I mean, wh- another consideration too, is that if you watch, whether it's streaming or you purchase it or this, if you watch something, Disney is going to get paid. If you visit the park, you buy the merchandise, Disney is going to get paid. So if you don't spend your money there, it, it and you boycott or however you want to put it, that could send a signal. Also, though, if they get very preachy with their themes, and I don't know, Princess Elsa is going to have a girlfriend next time, and people just don't go watch it, I mean, that sends a message. But if they are putting their money towards other things that are not so overt or so preachy about the the gift that um, alternative sexual lifestyles and stuff are, then that may also send a message. And I mean, a lot of companies... They can, especially in the U.S., where there's a lot of freedom uh, and economic prosperity, they can be very ideological um, where, where it's easy and where it helps the bottom line. But then in a place like, say, China, things change. And so, I mean, Disney has caught criticism for filming uh, the new Mulan, the live action, in the same province where the Uyghurs were being um, re-educated yep. in camps. And then uh, – also, there was some stuff with related to LGBTQ stuff, and some people will, you know, Apple, uh, Nike, Disney, where yeah, wait, well, what, you're just going to withdraw your business now, and they're silent on it. And so, I mean, you know, it, it's it's a weird dynamic, but. <clears throat> It was fun. It was fascinating when at the same time Disney was filming stuff in the region of China that was like, you know, that was running concentration camps. And then they were saying how they're going to boycott Georgia because they're limiting democracy. And, you know, regardless of their opinion on that, like, you know. (laughs) So, Tony, what can Christian parents take away just more generally about our interaction and relationship with entertainment and media. Yeah, I definitely think, and this comes from somebody who has his kids watch screens more than yours. Uh, not a ton, probably. I, I know we do less than most people, but you don't have the option of passing off the catechizing of your kids to a screen. Mm-hmm. I think that is 100% a takeaway we need to have uh, in that we need to preview most things that they watch. 
you know, within within some reason and uh, train them to really find worldview, especially when we can't, uh, which is a tricky and complex process. I mean, we're working on my, you know, our oldest is reading Harry Potter and we're trying to help her kind of navigate and understand the worldview in it. So <laughs> it's being assigned by her school for the record. So you're uh, not running around like a wizard cape, are you? I, I will neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> uh, but but for lastly, I just say don't be shocked when your worldview become as alien and you know media portrays your worldview as odd and doesn't cater towards it. It's supposed to be alien. Mm-hmm. What do you think, though, Ben? Uh, well, starting with what you just said, I, I like that. I think. For a long time, we've enjoyed a lot of cultural influence as Christians. That doesn't mean everybody was a Christian, but it was just sort of the assumed worldview, and that is changing. The sand beneath our feet is is shifting quite a bit, and, and it seems like it has gone into warp speed in, in the last decade or so. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't measured out super well, but what was it, 2012, where the Supreme Court decisions um, essentially legalized gay marriage— since then, it has really picked up. But even before that, there was a lot of pressure. But we we were told to expect that that we are, like you said, aliens and strangers. So that that's a really good point. I think we need to be discerning. And in that article that I mentioned earlier, Trevin Wax brings that to the fore very well, that we need more conversations and more discernment. Not just turn it on, oh, well, you know, again, nobody's – they're not doing anything super violent. They're not saying bad words, and their people aren't naked, so it must be okay. We need to teach our kids and to do this ourselves to ask, what story of the world is this telling mm-hmm. me? Uh, what is good? What what is bad? What's true about what they're saying? What what about reference to God? And not that every movie or piece of art needs to be about God directly, but where is he in this and what would he think of this just mm-hmm. thinking of things we're living uh you know the word quorum deo before the face of god always and so all of our life we're trying to to relate it to him i mean he's put us here for his own purposes mm-hmm. so we can't try to rip ourselves from that even though we do try and there's this this dead end search that we keep going on to try to find happiness and meaning apart from him so I think that's the one of the big takeaways there is to just be more thoughtful about it. Also, make sure you listen to our old podcast about the Disney Pixar film, Soul. Yes, yeah, we did that. Uh, and then we did the one a long the time Batman. ago about the Lego Batman. Uh-huh. Yeah, so some of those ideas come out. This is just a different take. <clears throat> so what role can churches play in equipping young people themselves, but also their parents, uh, to shepherd their own kids through this media morass that we have, at least in the West. Yeah, so I I think I should have done this kind of thing more in my ministry, but I, when I was at uh, Westminster Baptist Church several years ago, I mean, we would do something basically once a year. We'd have a time where basically we would have a movie night kind of at the church, and we watch a movie that, you know, does tackle some worldview issues, 
but is not, you know, in the face and dangerous. And we would, you know, have a time for discussion, even kind of a halfway time for the kids could go to the bathroom and, and then, you know, have a discussion about some of the worldview that it was promoting. And I thought it was helpful. I hope it was helpful. But perhaps something, you know, legitimately, if you're going to have events, you know, even fun events, perhaps incorporate that into it so that, you know, that we can see that is, you know, when we indulge in media, we need to be thinking about what we're doing, what we're learning, what is staying. Uh, you know, I think church leaders uh, should be, if possible, and I actually, I'm not going to say should, I'm going to say can, be familiar with and ready to discuss the big media. You know, I think it helps that some can. I, I don't think all should, but, you know, the reality is that, I mean, in a lot of ways, I've heard it urged that pastors should read the popular theology books that are out there, even if, you know, they're not good so that they know what they're saying. Well, you know, maybe the popular theology books out there are turning red right now and stuff mm. like that. And so I think probably having at least some of the church leaders aware of, you know, what these kids are getting exposed to and what kids are, you know, coming to cherish and value and how we respond to that. So, uh, and, and how, and even discussing it, navigating it, even from the pulpit at times. Uh, and I, I think finally, something I'd referred to earlier, it's really just show them how alien their faith is. I, I mean, we need to show young people, their parents, everyone that, you know, we should never expect this world to value the things that we value. We should expect, you know, them to, Jesus said, the world hates me and they'll hate you. We should expect that. That Yeah, very good points. Um, I hadn't thought about the movie idea, but that's kind of a cool thing. I think you could do some variation of that and have just a, a special class or a forum where you discuss media in general, yeah. help parents to think a little more carefully about that. Um, and I could see this particularly with teenagers. Sometimes if you're going to have a movie screening or something and then discuss it in small groups or in a, as a large group even. If you had a newsletter or something, you wanted to write an article about it and distribute it that way. And... I think even more generally than what you said um, with sermon stuff, you could make application in some way. And just kind of like we started with, that you're trying to put your theology to work in real life because it does impact it. And so it does take some work to think through these things, but it is worth the effort. Otherwise, like you said, the, the popular – the theology that's going to shape us is turning red or whatever else the, the movie or the song of the day is – and or the the TikTok, the you know fifteen second clips are shaping us. So, it, yeah, I, I the, even as you said that made me think. Ah, maybe I do need to pay a little bit more attention to some of this stuff because I'm ministering to two kids and to parents, and it it's what's shaping people now. Everybody's got a limited amount of time, and so you've got to make your decisions on how you're going to spend it and. Yeah, I think all of us are going to land in different places on that, but uh, but I think it is a good word. I, I'm just thankful. One thing I'm thankful about Disney is that they don't make the Minions movies because, you know, for as insufferable as some things, you know, it's hard to beat how insufferable those Minions things are. I'm pretty confident, theologically speaking, that you can make a biblical argument that there's like an extra circle of hell that's reserved exclusively for Jar Jar Banks and Minions. <laughs> You know, I've never seen any of those movies. Good for you. 
<laughs> and maybe that that helps confirm that I don't need to. Um, it sounds like a, a torture chamber or something the way you're describing it. Well, Tony, thank you for thinking about this with me. And I don't know, maybe after people listen to this, they'll want to send a message to Mickey. Or maybe they'll have decided that Disney is the devil. Or maybe they'll just have more conversations and think more carefully about it and help their kids to do that. And kind of hope it's the third option. But I appreciate you giving me your thoughts on it. Wonderful. And this episode of the podcast has been sponsored by Disney Cruise Lines. (laughs) (laughs) Come have a cruise with us this summer. (laughs) That was good talking, brother. (laughs) All right, man. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.